1534. In uh, the Pew Bible, there's an outline of the message for you in the bulletin as we continue to study the attributes or the personality of God, that God is almighty. John chapter 11, beginning at verse 38, reading through verse 44. Uh, Mary and Martha had their brother Lazarus die. They were believing uh, that if Jesus just came up sooner, if he would have showed up, uh, Lazarus wouldn't have been uh, dead now. And so Jesus, after he weeps with those who weeps, he's angry and mad at what? Well, we'll find out as he raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, One more message on the attributes of God. We want to take a look at the love of God next Sunday, Lord willing. Then we want to take a look at, by request, someone asked for a sermon on Psalm 85. Psalm 85. And then, Lord willing, just kind of mapping out for the year. I know, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas is coming, but we want to dive into the book of James. Uh, Someone asked for a series on the book of James. So just going verse by verse to the book of James coming up. It's the New Testament version of the Old Testament book of Proverbs, wisdom for our daily living. So uh, we're in John chapter 11. And uh, there was a memory verse for the week from Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Let's say that together. I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Uh, Thank God we can still hear the word of God. Okay, let's uh, gobble it up, right, with with an appetite to uh, take in the bread of life, Jesus, to be spiritually alive and healthy and fit for service in his kingdom. With that in mind, would you please stand with me for the reading of the word of God in John chapter 11, beginning at verse 38. This is the word of the Lord. Let's receive it. With believing hearts. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You may be seated. So far, the reading of the word of God, and may add his blessing to it. I encourage you to keep your Bibles uh, open and handy for the message on God Almighty and his attribute of what we say is omnipotence. The Congregation of Christ and brothers and sisters in the Lord and friends of our church family, they didn't have any um, really electricity, they didn't have any power, they were losing uh, oxygen, and it just went from bad to worse from there. I mean, uh, their team was working on all sorts of problems, life-threatening problems. One life-threatening problem popped up, they solved that one, then another life-threatening problem uh, popped up. 
And um, as they were solving all of these problems, Apollo 13 was, you know, catapulting 200,000 miles um, uh, towards Earth. And um, it was going to be even more of a challenge for NASA to have Apollo 13 land safely on planet Earth than it was for a man to actually walk on the moon. Uh, walk on the moon. And uh, then we remember those uh, famous uh, words of Captain Lovell as he said, uh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. And Mary and Martha had a problem. Their brother Lazarus was dead. But Jesus Christ says, uh, heaven really has no problem when it comes to solving the problems even of death. Jesus Christ is the almighty sovereign king. And he is the master. He is almighty, even over death itself. And that's the, uh, the good news we want to see together this morning from John chapter 11. Jesus Christ is, remember John, Jesus, Jesus says through John, John chapter 11, verse 25 there, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die to you, do I uh, believe this. Jesus Christ is almighty over uh, death. We want to see that Jesus Christ, because he's almighty over death, means that he is the Lord of all creation. He's the Lord of life. He's uh, the master who created all of creation. And then see how he is the almighty redeemer. He's uh, the Lord of redemption. And then some of the applications uh, for us to uh, live out in our daily living. Uh, first of all, that Jesus Christ, uh, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, they are almighty uh, creator, the creator of heaven and earth. Dear friends, creation was made by the word of the Lord. God made this Jesus Christ as he goes into uh, the, the, the graveyard there and he says these words, Lazarus, come out, verse 43, and Lazarus came out instantly, immediately. And uh, the very same word that Lazarus had to obey, this was the word of Jesus Christ who originally spoke the universe into existence. And dear friends, we tend to think of that as kind of Sunday school stuff. That's kind of a throwaway line you learn in Sunday school. And uh, so do I. You know, yeah, God made the world by his uh, powerful uh, word. God is almighty. He has uh, might that is total. His might is absolute. And his might is unending. We need to see the connection between all of the attributes of God that we have discovered together. His uh, might is good. His might is wise. His might is an everlasting omnipotence. God is almighty. Because God is simple. That simply means that God's attributes are uh, to be understood as holding together. And as God has made the heavens and the earth, dear friends, he did that by the word of his power. And, you know, uh, sometimes you hear people kind of snarky, you know, snarkily say, that they, they say this, well, hey, boys and girls, can you draw a, a square circle? Well, can God draw a square circle? Can God make a a big stone that's too heavy for him to actually lift? People say, well, of course he can't. Well, brothers and sisters, we have to realize that 
God can do, and he does do, only what he wants to do. That would be foolish of him to do that because it's not, a, it's not in line with his wisdom. You see the connection between God's wisdom and God's might. God can do a lot of things. God cannot change his mind. God cannot lie. God cannot sin. God would un-God himself if he did those things. So we see the wisdom and the might of God as he has spoke his powerful word. And um, everything that we see, the entire universe, uh, pops into existence. Uh, Stand in awe of the mighty power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the word that the Father spoke and created this vast universe. I mean, vast in the words of Stephen Hawking. Who is sad, do you realize how big this universe is? He didn't believe in God, he didn't believe in Jesus Christ, but he showed us with uh, the, the knowledge God has given him that the universe, right, that God has made spans some 600 trillion miles in diameter. Did you see the stars on Friday night? Did you look up and see the stars? I mean, it's absolutely astonishing, breathtakingly beautiful. On Friday night, I look up and see all the stars. And you realize as you look at these twinkling stars, that it took four and a half years for that light to travel from that star to get to me and to you. That's how big the universe is. The very universe that God spoke into existence. And he, from the tiniest insect to the largest star in the universe, God made it all, and he just had to say it, and it was so. Boys and girls, what if I asked you to make a painting for me? What would you ask me to do? If I asked you, would you paint something for me? Well, boys and girls, you'd ask me, well, give me a piece of paper then, and give me some paint. Boys and girls, you can't make a painting without paper, and you can't make it without paint. Boys and girls, God didn't have the paint. God didn't have paper. God made the paper. He made the paint. He made everything you see and I see by his word. God made the heavens and the earth by the word of his power. And God also, according to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, this very word of God, Jesus Christ in the flesh, who says, Lazarus, come out of the grave. And the way he could do that, he was able and he was capable because he is the cosmic creator. He's the one, according to Hebrews 1, verse 3, he's the word of God who sustains all things. And you think of Jesus Christ right now, and it's a very dynamic word that Hebrews 1 verse 3 uses Jesus Christ is dynamically holding together. He's a hands-on creator. He's holding everything together, every molecule and every cell that is in your body or mind in this world, everything, he's holding it together and bringing everything you see and, and concluding your life to its proper destiny. He's the word of God that sustains all things so that if Jesus would, would let go of anything in this world, it would fall apart into chaos and completely disintegrate. Stand in awe of the mighty power of your powerful creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God sustains the world, and he made the world by his almighty power. So my brothers and sisters, uh, we have to realize this, that um, the atheism of evolution, the atheism of evolution, I heard it's, um, it is uh, a world and life view that kills. It's a world and life view that kills. Houston, we have a problem, and the problem today is that we don't believe in a creator. And that's why the culture is falling into chaos and so much confusion. Why there's so much uh, bloodshed and violence. Why? Because we're acting like animals. Why? Because we don't believe in a cosmic creator who made the heavens and the earth. It just, well, there's just a big bang that happened. And then we've evolved over time. My brothers and sisters, the atheism of evolution has brought about what? In our culture, in this day and age, what has it brought about? It's brought about Hitler murdering six million Jews. It's brought about Stalin murdering millions in Russia. It brought about Pol Pot killing hundreds of thousands of people in Cambodia. This matters. What you believe, whether you are someone who makes yourself, or if you're going to live, and I'm going to live, according to the design of how God made the heavens and the earth, including you and me. So let's not live in a self-made world. Let's live in the God-made world. God has made the world by by his word, and the Lord sustains this world by that same word. Personal application for you and for me. Are you the center of your universe? Are you the center of your world? You're in the wrong place. So am I. We've got to get God back into the center of your world because he is the center of the universe. If God is in the center of your life and your world, then everything's falling apart and will fall apart. And it will in my life as well. I mean, we cannot, no, no one says to the law of physics, I'm not going to obey you. If you're trying to say no to the law of the Lord, the Lord of the law of physics, and how your life is to run and my life in this world is to run, it's going to fall apart. You're not going to, you're not going to be successful. If you're trying to live a self-made life. There is no purpose and there is no meaning. Find purpose for your life. You want direction for your life? I do. I hope you do. Ask Jesus to be your director. Ask Jesus Christ to be your creator. Quit treating God like what? I'll call you if I need you. You don't say that to this kind of God. God calls you and says, believe me as your creator. And ask Jesus to command your life and he will beautifully and wisely. And dear friends, there's one thing we cannot solve. Houston, we've got a problem. And what is it? It's death. The God of life has created this world full of life, but sin, sinners, brought about death into this world. And our Lord Jesus Christ faces off with death the last enemy we must face. Here in John chapter 11, we uh, read together the good news of Jesus Christ. He's stirred up. He's 
He's full of emotion and passion here in John chapter 11. Then Jesus Christ deeply moved. Let me translate that for you. Jesus Christ is mad. There's a lot of mad people out here today. Right? There's a lot of mad people in the world. They're mad at the Democrats. They're mad at the Republicans. They're mad at the presidents. They're, they're mad at uh, this doctor or that dictator. A lot of people are mad. Who's Jesus Christ mad at? Jesus Christ isn't mad at Lazarus. He's not mad at himself. He's God. He's perfect. He, he's not mad at Mary and Martha who are mourning and grieving the death of their, their brother. He's mad at death. Dear friends, you want to be mad at something? Be mad at death. Jesus is passionate, and he's mad because of what death does to this world. He takes away what we love. Death takes away those whom we love. And we're left with the losses. We're left with the the weeping and and the aftermath, what we cannot overcome. What? Namely, death. Jesus Christ has come with a powerful cure. The powerful cure for the common death. And our Lord Jesus Christ, mad at death and the devil who has come to kill, to steal, and destroy your life and mine in this world. Jesus Christ is mad at the devil. And he goes to the tomb of Lazarus' friend. And he, in full command, because he is fully able and capable, says, take away the stone. Martha says, it's going to stink, Lord. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed? I told you so. Don't you know that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Remember the sermon. That was our first sermon in the series. The glory of God is what? You see God as God. And me too. God being God for you and for me. Seeing God through God's eyes as a holy and loving Redeemer. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and he prays. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. No mouth to mouth. Resuscitation, no CPR, by the word of the Lord. Lazarus must obey. What happened? The man who had died came out. And his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Behold, stand in awe of the mighty word of redemption. Bringing life out of death. Jesus Christ raises Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus quits the grave. He quits being dead at the very word of Jesus. Um, Lazarus is alive. And you realize what Jesus is doing there. You know, when Jesus uh, says, uh, Lazarus, come forth, he's saying, yeah, I'm proving to you the power that I have in myself. I possess the power of life in me. The almighty capability of God himself to raise the dead. In fact, he says, I'm going to go to my own uh, death on the cross and rise from the dead to prove it. I am the resurrection and the life. And in John chapter 20, we witness the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. As Jesus goes on to do what? Quit his own grave. 
and rise victoriously from the dead and to dig you out and me out of our grave. We are all born sinners. It's like a toe tag around us, like a a toe tag around uh, a fallen soldier. We're all born with that toe tag of being dead in sins and trespasses, dead to God, dead to doing God's will, dead to uh, loving God as we ought to love. But by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has burst the bands of death as Satan had his foot on your neck and mine. And he was busy, you know, pressing your neck into the grave and breaking us and and killing and destroying our lives. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and here's the devil and he's put his foot on your neck and his mind and he thinks he's got us for the rest of eternity and drag us into the darkness of eternal death and hell. And Jesus speaks, Lazarus, you come out. And the devil has to take his foot off of Lazarus' neck and off of your neck and mine as we hear the word of Jesus, Kevin, you come out. Put in your name, please. And the devil has to. There's no more hold on you. There's no more hold on me. That's the power of the cross of Jesus Christ for you and for me. You must obey. You will obey. Have you obeyed? Jesus says, come on out. Come out of your guilt. Come out of the power of the grave. Come out of your sin. Come out of believing the lie that you, big, you, you, you sinned too big a sin for Jesus to forgive you. Sin must let you go. Satan must let you go. Take off your grave clothes now. It's the same thing Moses said to Pharaoh. Let my people go. Jesus said, let him go. Let Lazarus go. The most powerful seal on the planet at that time was the seal of Rome. It doesn't get any more powerful than that. Other than Satan, as I said. But the, the most human, the most... Biggest power on the planet at that time was the seal of Rome. And the seal of Rome was on the the tomb of Jesus. No human power could break that or they would get broken. The supernatural power of God broke the seal of Rome. Nobody makes Jesus king. Nobody enthrones Jesus and that's why he can't be defeated. By Rome or for you or America or any politician or any deep state conspiracy. Are you hearing me? Please hear the word of the Lord. Jesus Christ is sovereign over any deep state conspiracy you may be thinking about believing and hitching your wagon to or me. Jesus Christ digs us out of the grave by rising from the dead and raising you up. So my brothers and sisters, um, what are some of the applications for us? It's not just now that life is worth living. It certainly is. It certainly is. To believe the word of Jesus, I forgive you and I free you from your sins that's killing you. That killed you. 
The devil doesn't have to be your boss anymore in order to sin and disobedience. What are some of the applications? It's not just a, so it's great to live for Jesus, it's that we can now live life, life abundant and free. Well, the first application is this embrace your weakness to experience God's power, embrace your weakness to experience God's power. I don't like to be weak. We don't either. Don't let them see you sweat. We don't want to be weak. We want to project power. That's what people respect. Americans respect power. Right? They don't like weakness. Jesus died in the weakness of the cross. Right? But he rose in great victorious power on Easter Sunday. And in the weakness of that cross, Jesus Christ was saying what? I die a sinless Savior, and I'm dying as a sinless Savior to make you sinners the holy ones of God. The holy ones of God. Forgiven and guilt-free. And it's by that weakness, God shows the power of pardon and a peace that endures. It's the same way in your life and mine. Embrace weakness. Will you? Weakness is the way. What am I talking about? I'm talking about when um, your OBGYN shows up and tells you you are carrying a child with Down syndrome. And you're at the point of impossibility, right? I'm talking about when the pathologist says it's malignant. I'm talking about when your teenager is hit by a drunk driver and you're facing the point of impossibilities. I'm talking about when your boss says, sorry, we're downsizing, we just have to let you go. Embrace weakness. Because dear friends, when you are at your weakest, God always, always shows up to be the strongest and it's in your weakness, according to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 and following, that in your weakness, the power of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ will be. Do you believe it? Do you want to see the glory of God? It will be, the power of God will be magnified in your life. Embrace your weakness. Because then and there, you will be at your strongest. What? Jesus Christ is your refuge and your strength, an ever-present, omnipotent helper in time of trouble. And so, dear friends, we read together and we listen together to the word of Jesus Christ, and he says to me, Kevin, come out, unbind him, let him go. And he says that to you and to me. And he says to you and to me, it's time for you to come out. It's time for you to come out of trying to play the victim. That you're always the one that gets, um, let's let's put it this way, dumped on. You're always the one that gets dumped on. You're always getting a bad rap. And you're always getting the short end of the stick. And nothing ever goes right for you. And you're grumbling and you're irritated. And so am I. Come out of that bondage. You're not a victim. You belong to Jesus Christ. You're united with the omnipotent Savior, Creator, and Redeemer of everything, including your life. 
Come out of that. Take, take off those stinking grave clothes with me. It stinks. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Responding to difficult people, difficult problems, difficult places in your life and mine. Now with irritation and um, uh, complaining, but with patience and contentment. That's the sermon for tonight, contentment. Love to have you back then. Come out of your grave clothes. Come out of uh, what's holding you down and holding you back. Do you want to see the glory of God? Well, my boyfriend says to me, if you love me, you'll let me. Young woman of God, do you believe to see the glory of God? When you are tempted and you are feeling weak, Jesus shows up with supernatural power to resist temptation. There goes my life. I'm not going to have a boyfriend or or a girlfriend if you want to flip it around. Jesus gives you almighty supernatural power to remain pure. No temptation overtakes you except that which is common to man. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. When we are at our weakest, Jesus promises to show up by his Holy Spirit to resist temptation. When we're slow to pray and quick to gossip, take those grave clothes off. It stinks. Mine do too. Let's be real quick to pray and a whole lot more slow to gossip. Rest in God's almighty hand. That's the second application. Rest in God's almighty hand. Rest in that almighty hand of God who says, you know, I have you in my, I'm holding you in my hands. And John chapter 10, verse 28 says that. John chapter 10, verse 28 says that. If uh, you would uh, turn there with, you, with me in your Bibles, uh, John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. If you are a Christian, Jesus Christ holds you in his hand, in his omnipotent arms, and dear friends, um, uh, we need to realize in those times when we feel weak, what am I talking about? I'm talking about this when you you feel as if the, the evil that haunts your mind in this world or in your life, or the evil that hurts your heart and mind, Jesus Christ is holding on to us and will not let anyone or anything snatch us out of his hands. These are the times, congregation, when we feel just so not only disappointed, we feel absolutely defeated. When you feel absolutely defeated at that point of impossibility, what am I talking about? You see other, one, other people giving up on Christianity, giving up on the church, no longer going to church, no longer uh, becoming, uh, no longer doing it God's way. Am I going to fall away? Am I going to follow after the crowd? Is that what's going to happen to you and to me? And Jesus Christ says, believe me. Here's a very practical application. Memorize. Memorize John chapter uh, 10 at verse 28. There's many other verses in the Bible. Memorize the word of God and affirm your faith. 
in the power of God. Jesus says, do you really actually think that your choices are more powerful than my choice to hold you and never, ever let you go? Do you think your sins are that big that they're bigger than my omnipotent power to keep you safe and bring you all the way to heaven for you to finish the race that I have set for you? To run? Do you actually believe that lie that you are somehow more powerful? Your choices and decisions, even the sins that you sin, are more powerful than my redeeming love? Check that unbelief, and you'll see the glory of God happening in your life. And then go to God with his word and plead for the dying. Go to God with his word and plead for the dying. Lord, we're, uh, dear friends, we're, we're living in a day and age on behalf of the Lord, our God, a day and age in which uh, we're seeing a dying nation on our hands. We have dying nation, a dying nation on our hands. We see dying families on our hands. Uh, we, we feel um, the lawlessness of the lawless one, stealing, killing, and destroying lives and marriages and families, earthquakes that are shattering and splitting marriages and families and churches uh, in two and completely apart. And dear friends, we need a miracle. We really do, and we need a third awakening from the Lord. So pray the power of God down from heaven. Pray it down. Prayer? That seems so weak. That's the point. Remember? Embrace the weakness of prayer. Folding your hands, closing your eyes, getting on your knees. Looks so weak. What can that do? Embrace the weakness to experience the almighty power of God Himself. Plead and pray with God, clinging to the cross of Jesus Christ, where the Creator was dying for His creations and this creation around us to raise families, to raise marriages, to raise congregations from the dead. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray believing in Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. Because my dear friends and family, due to the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, no matter what problem you face and I face today, it's no problem for heaven. Praise God Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for giving us your Son, the sinless Son of God, the Creator crucified on the cross to redeem us from our sins. Lord Jesus, call us, call us by name out of the cave, out of the tomb, out of our grave clothes. And Lord, we pray that Satan may let us go. He has to. May sin let us go. 
Lord, please transform our thinking so that we no longer think of ourselves as just victims who have to, uh, who have no other choice but to believe a lie, the liar, Satan, and sin. Uh, we are victors, uh, united with our victorious Savior, that we can choose to, to do your will, to believe your truth, to obey your commandments. And Lord, we pray that you would bring sinners out of death into life, darkness out of darkness into your light, out of condemnation into guilt-free gladness. May it happen by your word. May we be a people of prayer. Lord, as we face so many impossibilities, as we feel so inadequate and so weak, may we learn that weakness truly is the way for you to show your strength and your power. And may we rest in your almighty hands Protect us, we pray, from sin and unbelief, from selfish ambition and pride. And Lord, as we see this nation dying, as we see so many uh, marriages and families dying, as uh, we experience the weakness of our own flesh wasting away, Lord, may we believe so that we can see the glory of Jesus Christ, the resurrection and life, raising us, raising this nation, raising marriages and families and dying congregations to be the living army of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You've done it in the past, Lord. Do it again. Why not here? Why not now? Why not us? Lord, lead the way. Make us bold and courageous. Uh, Followers of yours, outspoken Christians. Lord, may we not become shy for you have given us a spirit of power. To no longer be timid or shy, but to be a passionate, a bold, outspoken Christians. May it be, Lord, for your purpose and praise in this community and beyond. Bless our offering as we give our offerings to you, Lord, on the way out of uh, the sanctuary this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would go with us and return us to your house uh, this uh, evening. We ask, Lord, that you would hear our cry and have mercy on us. Revive us, O Lord. Thank you that heaven has no problems solving all of our overwhelming problems. Lord, uh, we believe, uh, thank you uh, for your promises. Help us to stop trying to solve and fix our own problems, our own way, according to our own folly. Lord Jesus, be the center of our lives in our universe. And um, Lord, we rejoice together that nothing is too difficult for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together, Oh, to see the dawn, as we close out our service this morning and song. We want to sing on the uh, 